Pokedex, what is Ask the Pokedexpert? Ask the Pokedexpert is where you get to ask your questions to Anthony Reed and his Pokemon experts, Mike Ellison and special guests. Oh, where can I find Ask the Pokedexpert? You can find Ask the Pokedexpert anywhere that podcasts are found. You can also catch it live Tuesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash srsbiz underscore network. Whoa, who supports that? Ask the Pokedexpert is part of the Celios Business Podcast Network. Ask the Pokedexpert. Hi everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Pokedexpert. I am your Pokedexpert, Anthony Reed, and it is a pleasure, as always, to have you joining us here on uh, Twitch. On, on, people just say Twitch on the, on the Twitch. Not that, just just Twitch.tv/srsbiz underscore network. Oh, it is such a pleasure to have uh, someone who knows what's going on with this. I, I, it is important that I start this off by mentioning some of the things that I said last time. Uh, obviously, uh, if you stuck around late last time, um, you may have uh, heard some things that you thought were uh, Mike and I having a disagreement uh, of course, that's just uh, a hilarious joke between two people uh, that the, uh, we discussed with the owners of the network, uh, and and everything is uh, everything is all good. Uh, we are we are so pleased to be here. M- me, uh, co-host, and our Pokedex expert Mike Ellison, also a co-host. Good to that's see you, Mike. Anthony. Oh, thank you so much, um, Anthony. I feel like uh, we have gone too long without introducing our guest for this week. Uh, Nathaniel, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. Namaste. Namaste. This is good. Oh, oh. namaste to you as well. Uh, Nathaniel you. Lopez, thank everybody. Uh, Hello. Nathaniel, Hi. Please, uh, tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself. Hi. Yeah, good. Well, I'm... Uh, Currently 41 years old, single and fun. Ah, that's a little joke I like to play. Um, I'm a bit of a, I guess they call me a lifestyle. Um, I hate to use this word, but I feel like it, you know, it describes me the best guru. I'm a lifestyle guru uh, for, uh, for Pokemon. And I, I think there's a market and I think that I feel it. I That is fascinating. I have a lot of questions about, uh, uh-huh. the, the work that you do. And, and I can't wait for us to, to explore that as we discuss this week's Pokemon, uh, which of uh-huh. course is, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I have a couple other things I have to mention oh. here. Um, <clears throat> it, it sorry. also, yeah. Sorry, Mr. Lopez. Usually this goes a lot uh-huh. more smoothly. Uh, I, oh, that's uh, okay. yeah, no, I just, I got to make sure I get this. The, the network was very insistent that I stop uh-huh. mentioning the network. 
uh, and discussions that we had outside of the show. They were so we're doing um, Pidgeotto this week. Uh, Pidgeotto is uh, in the Pokedex the bird Pokemon. Uh, it's three foot seven and weighs approximately 66.1 pounds. Uh, the community had some great questions for us regarding, uh, Pidgeotto. And I'm, I could not be more excited uh, to dig into this with, uh, you fine gentlemen. And of course we are taking questions live in the chat as well. So if you, uh, have questions about the, the bird Pokemon, you know, uh, let us know, throw them out there for us. Uh, I, I do want to mention, Mike, I, I love the outfit. Are you doing some research in the field this week? Thank you so much for bringing it up, Anthony. Actually, no, uh, per the email, um, I went ahead and, you know, a company culture at Celio's business is to dress up for Halloween. Uh, and since, you know, our show is coming up, uh, you know, and, and this is the last time we'll be on air before uh, Halloween. Uh, I followed the recommendation of the network and uh, went ahead and wore my costume. Uh, I decided to do a little bit of a callback to when, you know, I was a young, enthusiastic Pokemon fanatic and, and dressed up in my old bug catching outfit. You know, Dude. I'm even wearing the shorts. That was in an email? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody... Everybody at the network. I was, I was also, I was copied on this email. I just, uh, just letting you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, since we have to submit the guests so early, uh, you know, they thought. Yeah, that was, yeah, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a floor length Gargamel, uh, sweater. So it's, I, I just going as Gargamel just, uh, just to get that off the table. I'm, um, Okay, well, we've got some questions about uh, Pidgeotto, so we will go ahead and dig into those. Uh, I've got one here from uh, Kruggles who asks, uh, is it a government drone? Great question. Uh, a great question. Off, really a great question. Uh, you know, people get this confused a lot, uh, especially with the number of government drones out nowadays. You know, uh, you never can be too sure. I tell you what, uh, the, the quickest way that I've found, and please, Mr. Lopez, as a, uh -huh. as a guru, uh, yes. if, I'm in, if I you know, miss, misspeak here. I will, so, yes. Thank you. But the quickest way I've found to identify whether you're looking at a government drone or you're looking at a Pidgeotto is to ask yourself, did the aperture of its eyes open mechanically and snap a photo, or is it a living, breathing Pokemon? See, and the, that, that's a wonderful question to ask yourself. I, you know, I, I feel like if you combine this with the idea that you need to put yourself in the place of a Pidgeotto or a drone, you know, open the third eye, open the chakra, align yourself, become one with the Pokemon. And then I think that you'll find it's not that difficult to see the difference. Are, are you saying that you can uh, open yourself to the universe and just see if it's a living thing or uh, a drone in hiding yes you you actually can uh, there is a way it's it's uh, uh, essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to channel a pokeball energy through your soul uh this requires quite a bit of concentration and quite a bit of well for lack of a better word fasting you need to fast for a couple of days just to put your mind in the spot where you need it to be for this that's 
that's uh, that's fascinating. I would love to hear more about that at some point. Uh, that that just seems uh, wild to me. Uh, to me, this question is is a is a simple. Uh, uh, it's like a mathematic formula. Yes, uh, all government drones are bird Pokemon. Not all bird Pokemon are government drones. And while some Pidgeotto out there are cleverly hidden uh, machines of mass surveillance, uh, there are perfectly alive, perfectly normal Pidgeotto out there who just live and breathe uh, like Pokemon. They are like the Pokemon they are. That's exactly right. You know, I think I think what's most interesting about this conversation uh, is something that that Mr. Lopez said there just a minute ago when he mentioned fasting. You know, uh, especially in the case of opening yourself to a Pidgeotto, you know, the bird doesn't eat every day, uh, and so finding that hunger within yourself helps reflect the hunger within the Pokemon and helps you helps you bond with it. Now, uh, I've never personally bought into uh that level of connection uh but i do wonder um and maybe we should take this offline oh no Uh, no i I prefer to work everything out on air okay uh great um i was wondering then if you are trying to connect with oh let's say a pokemon Uh that uh i don't know eats all the time uh, like maybe, uh, maybe there are Pokemon that works in the office with you and, uh, you know, eats a lot of the things that are in the office, even, even the stuff that has your name on it, uh, in the, in the office fridge, uh, would you recommend still trying to connect with that Pokemon or, you know, uh, other living being, uh, from a fasting perspective? I or know. Do you exactly. think maybe that they just shouldn't eat, you know, uh, the, the stuff that is marked clearly with your name on it. So I think I see where you're going with this. And uh, I will say that it, uh, it definitely aligns with what I teach in that, yes, I still believe in fasting in this sense. However, you need to match their consumption with your fasting. You need to fast louder and at them. You need to let them know you're fasting. You need to be in their space and fast. What I find is if they are stealing your food, you steal their peace. You steal their nothing. You steal their air. So you weaponize your fasting. This is the, you know, uh, say we, the Pokemon and humans have a, a sordid history that we need to work through. However, they still do come from a combative uh, you know, background, and there are still elements of combat. So even in something as aligning your chakras and opening your third eye, it is still a bit of a combat, especially when dealing with a gluttonous Pokemon. I, so, yes, I think, I rec- I, I'm Go on ahead. board with all of this. I just think that maybe there's a, a bit of a misunderstanding with uh, Mike's metaphor, which uh, is difficult to uh, understand because as everybody knows, things that go into the office refrigerator are just fair game. So uh, I, I, I almost get what he is saying, except that, uh, except for that part, right? Like that's just a communal space and food that there is for everybody. So uh, aside from that, I think it makes total sense what you're saying, Mike. I kind of get where you're coming from, right? Like if it was your own personal refrigerator, how that would be perceived in that way, you know? Um, but it, oh, it's, communal, I'm saying communal space, feed it to the Pokemon. That's what it's for. 
It seems to me, uh, you know, what's the one thing a Pikachu says? We all know this, right? A Pikachu says Pikachu. You lean into that a bit. With Pokemon, the most important thing to them is their name. The name is sacred. And it's, you know, when you place your name on things, whether it be an empty Tupperware or a Tupperware with lunch, it's a sacred place, especially for Pokemons. Namaste. So, and I agree with that. Namaste. Uh, Namaste. Namaste. And I I see where you're coming from with that. Totally. Right. Like, and to me, that makes total sense. If a Pikachu comes in here and they lay their name upon a place, that is a place that is safe for Pikachus. And if I walk into a place and I lay my name on place, that's a place safe for humans. Humans can just, uh, enjoy that space and anything in it, uh, is really how, uh, I view uh, that particular exchange. Now I know that 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 may not be what everyone sees, but I really think that's the enlightened view to take. Uh, Anthony, what's the next question? Next question. Great, great question. My great question. Uh, I do have a question here from uh, a Turtwig fan who asks, uh, "How much can one carry?" Wow, Mr. Lopez, this feels right up your alley. So, um, I worked with one. I worked with one uh, Pidgeotto. This was in uh, this was in Venice. This was back around 2009, right? You know, uh, yeah, 2009, I believe it was. Uh, we spent four weeks in Venice. Uh, we had a wonderful time, and we really, we really worked through some issues that this Pidgeotto had. Uh, it turns out uh, he was a champion Pidgey. He was a wonderful, great specimen. Just every, you know, you'd be proud of him. If you were a mother and a father Pidgeotto, this is the Pidgeotto that you want. It turns out he was carrying a lot though. Okay. Wow. He had he had an inferiority complex that was crippling him. He had anxiety. He had feelings that he didn't know how to deal with. I can tell you, Pidgeotto's can carry a lot of trauma. Wow. It's it's heartbreaking. You it really is. An inferiority complex, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Lopez. I was just wondering if you might have any tips for the Pidgeotto's at home that might be listening to the show with an inferiority complex. You're going to evolve. Okay. You just need to stay strong. You need to stay the course. You'll get there. Okay. One foot in front of the other. That dovetails perfectly with what I I wanted to talk a little bit about the Pidgeotto. You know, oftentimes we talk about these middle stage Pokemon. Uh, You know, it is a difficult and tumultuous time for these middle stage Pokemon. They've had one transformation. There is another transformation yet to come in. And they are sort of looked down upon uh, in society in a lot of ways. However, and correct me, you two are the experts. So correct me if I am wrong. But the Pidget is so rare, so uncommon and, and so highly majestic that uh, the Pidgeotto sort of becomes this default in people's minds. It, it is sort of seen as uh, an adult before its time. Uh, how does that impact how these Pidgeotto carry these uh, emotional burdens? I think that's a great question. Uh, and the first thing that I want to say there is that, you know, I think we see this a lot in in various Pokemon breeds, and I think Pidgeotto is no exception. The fact that Pidgeotto can grow so large, people tend to assume that this is its complete, fully formed stage. And you know, you know it's not. Like in in your 
scientific mind, you know that the Pidgeotto is not the end result, is not the, is not the terminal destination for this creature. And yet, as society, you know, we expect Pidgeotto's to behave as though they're fully formed already. You know, we expect them, gosh, to, to do so much for us. When sometimes, like, like Guru Lopez says, we need to wait for them to evolve. You know, it's funny. We're really waiting on everyone to evolve when you sit down and think about it. That's really the point of my uh, retreat that I offer to, it's open to all, uh, all Pokemons, uh, but we really specialize in Pidgeotos. It's, uh, I think it's got a little, a little place for them, but we have a, we have a, a, a retreat in Aspen, Colorado for it's, it's a seven month retreat and it's quite a long time. It's, it's a commitment. It really is a commitment, but you come out of there, you know, they come out stronger, better, more focused. And they have essential oils. You know, I like that you don't mention uh, that it is an expectation that after the retreat uh, that, you know, the, the Pidgeotto will evolve. Uh, we talk about this a lot on the show, Guru Lopez, that like evolution is so deeply personal that, you know, you you can't expect it to happen at the same time for everybody, you know? Uh, and I love that. That seems to be uh, one of the tenets of your philosophy. It really is, you know, and you know, some people say we discourage evolving and I don't think that's true at all. I think that we, we just embrace the true self. I don't think evolution is necessarily what we're striving for. What I strive for is perfecting the now. So I call our present self the true self. That's the basic tenant of the Lopez philosophy. And we spend quite a long time, well, just learning to love ourselves. And it's quite a bit. There's, in fact, the middle three weeks, the middle three weeks of the primary retreat, each retreat is broken up into separate retreats. And the primary retreat, it lasts six weeks. The middle three weeks, this is the most, the, the most, uh, uh, important part of this retreat, they spend those three weeks actually, well, they, 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 they do the yard work throughout the, throughout the ranch, just yard oh, work. Sure. They, they clean, they help each other. They set up a small society, they camp, you know, mm -hmm. and they take care of each other for the middle three weeks up in the mountains of Colorado and, you know, and I'm pretty hands off in this portion, I'll admit, but it does quite a bit for the Pokemons. So in, in a way you're just kind of letting them live like wild Pokemon on this <laughs> ranch. That's, that is a fascinating approach to uh, uh, opening them up in that way. It does wonders, you know, it really does wonders when you kind of, when you, when you just let them go, when you let them be for a little while, you know, it, it, it really makes you, it makes you appreciate the small things when you get back into the, into the cabin, you know? So let me loop back around here on something you mentioned before about uh, the essential oils. Uh, what sort of uh, element do these play in, I mean, these are just pressed plants right i mean that ultimately when we break it down they're just plant leavings mm -hmm. how, how is this in, in part of this process 
what I find is that Pokemon uh, skin, when you get down underneath the fur or the electrical bolts or the, uh, you know, the feathers or the lizard scales, when you get down to the, 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 that dermis level, essential oils, uh, they open the pores, they release toxins, they in, induce a euphoria that is dermis based. It's, it's very scientific. It goes through the Pokemon pancreas, which, until now it was thought to be useless, but it's not. It it helps it helps bring out their euphoric feeling from essential oils. And we don't press normal plants, mind you. That's for humans. Humans get eucalyptus and peppermint. Pokemon, we get radish leaves, we get nappy cabbage, uh, we get scallions, a lot of scallions, a lot of scallion oil. So it's yeah, and, and ginger root. Those are the primaries that we use on Pokemon. Well, interesting. I, I, that is, I never would have guessed, uh, that those sorts of plants that, you know, tip some of them that you mentioned would be quite poisonous. If you tried to do that to a human, you'd be in a rashing situation. Well, if I tried to trap you in a tiny ball, you know, and make you shoot flames out of your mouth, that would be poisonous to you, you know, and different, when you play a different sport, you need different, you need different apparatus. No, you're totally right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's my, obviously my own preconceived notions coming to play here. And I'm, I'm embarrassed uh, to have just brought them down like that. That is, you're, you're absolutely correct. No, don't be embarrassed. It's, it's a common mistake. You know, you hear essential oils and you, you go one way, but it's, you know, it happens. I had to learn, you know, we're all learning. That's the beauty of life. Namaste. Namaste. I, uh, I, Guru Lopez, I just, uh to say thank you for the way that you handled that. Uh, I could, I'm, I'm taking notes. Uh, I feel like I could become a better, uh, a better Pokemon expert uh, uh, with guidance you know, like yours. You know, I work with very strong Pokemon too. Strong Pokemon who tend to have very little weakness, tend to be smarter, tend to be stronger, tend to carry the weaker Pokemon through life. I work, but you know, they carry a lot too. Like, uh, you know, I, I think that there's something to learn from those Pokemon as well. You yeah. know, if you catch one. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Uh, I would love to connect offline. Based off the conversation we've had so far, I feel like you have a lot to learn from Guru Lopez. I mean, he's he, the the conversation so far has been uh, phenomenal, and, and I want to thank you so much for being here so far, Lopez uh, Guru Lopez. And I do have a question uh-huh. directly for you uh, from someone in oh, yeah. uh, in the chat. Um, they ask, uh, you know, where exactly is Pidgeotto's chakra located? <laughs> So that you know, this is this one took me a little while to find. It took some it took some practice, it took some massage, it took quite a bit of time to find the chakra. But you know, and this is going to sound grotesque for a minute, so I want you to bear with me. But you know, when you go to uh Kentucky Fried Chicken and you get the leg and you when you take the bite, there's that one little bone on the leg portion, the drumstick. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's there. It's yep. imagine, yep. imagine a Pidgeotto was a Kentucky fried chicken. It's there. It's just behind the thighs. It's just behind the thighs. But here's the thing. It takes a little while for you to open up. Okay. It takes a while. You have to have a conversation. You have to pet. And then they have to allow you, you have to ask permission. Sometimes it takes weeks. 
that that's where the chakra is located. When you say you have to ask permission, uh-huh. you just like you're you're using your human words to ask the Pidgeotto permission. Yes. Yes. You say, may I open your chakra? They may not understand you in the moment, but they will. The point is the intent. You're teaching them to understand that you are helping them see the world in a new way. You can help somebody that, one, hasn't given you permission, and two, is not ready to see yet. And I assume that that conversation goes a lot more smoothly once you've opened your third eye. It really does. Once you've opened the third eye, now you're speaking on a transcendental level. And now you, everyone understands everyone. You're kind of floating around on, for lack of better words, uh, clouds. I feel like and most so of the maybe, time I don't open both my regular eyes. So uh, <laughs> this feels like I may be a, a ways away from this third eye uh, experience. Yeah, maybe you should try fasting. Mm, I don't think <laughs> fasting's for me. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about maybe some of those oils. Uh, that seems like that might be, uh, he said, mentioned some human ones. That might be really more in my wheelhouse than fasting. I just, that doesn't really feel like uh, something I'm interested in. I got a question no, here. I didn't for, think it would. I didn't no, think no, it would. Uh, no, no, no. I got a question here for the both of you. It says, uh, uh, what's the best diet for a Pidgeotto? Uh, and I ask this because as you can imagine, a 60 pound bird's leavings are frequent and massive and i'd like to reduce them well uh you know i think the first thing is recognizing that pidgeotto's anatomy is such that its leavings are all from the same exit point you know uh a pidgeotto has a cloaca just like a regular bird would um And so regardless of what you're feeding it, it's all coming out the same place. Uh, And so the, uh, you know, of course, scientifically and, and, uh, you know, Guru Lopez, please, if you've got a holistic, Uh uh, you know, a holistic opinion that differs from mine, please, uh, Mm -hmm. we can talk through it for sure. Uh, But scientifically, you know, the bird Pokemon requires a a high calorie diet of, you know, a lot of, a lot of full grains. Uh, you know, it's important that they stay, that they stay with the energy that they, they can pot like the most energy that they, they can possibly get, uh, as referenced by the question asker, which by the way, great, great question. Very good question. Uh, I mean, obviously it's a, a, a powerful a, question to be asking a great question. And so, you know, uh, obviously, uh, a 60 pound bird requires a lot of power to be able to, to achieve the appropriate lift to fly. And I mean, gosh, you've seen a Pidgeotto fly, you know, the majesty that is that massive oh. wingspan expanding, you know? And so in addition to all the energy required to keep them moving, uh, a high protein aspect is very important. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't mind, may I, may I add something to this? Because I, this is perfectly, uh, I, I agree with everything that's been said so far. Uh, I, I would add one thing. Um, as we all know, uh, uh, you, you teach a man to fish. He's going to, he's going to, you know, fish forever. That's the thing, right? 
So, uh, Pigotos, in much the same way, they need to be taught to fish. So again, part of the retreat, after the three weeks of living in the hills, they come back for three weeks of learning to fish or learning to feed themselves. They work in the kitchens for three weeks. Yeah, so we teach them how to make grains. We teach them how to make high, you know, a high quality protein, you know, and so they spend three weeks learning these these life skills in order to feed themselves. And so that way, next time the question isn't, what do I feed my Pidgeotto? It's, what do I feed myself? Namaste. 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 Uh, how many different groups do you have going through retreats at the same time? Uh, we like try to currently. We try to keep uh, 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 we try to keep six classes going at once. That way, one group is going from the hills to the kitchen to the stables to the bowling alley. We have a bowling alley that's part of the retreat as well. They work the bowling alley, uh, the circus, and finally into the uh, the actual the dress. That's kind of like a boot camp, you know, marching thing. We we like dress parades quite a bit. So it, it's a long process. I see what you're doing here. You're providing entertainment to these Pokemon as well as a hard working environment to really try to break through beyond the, the bowling alleys. What tipped me off? There's a there's a play here that people are, are begging you to come and make them better by the end of this stay. That is uh, fantastic. What an amazing uh, process you've put together. I, you it's know, almost, I just want to help. It's almost Go a ahead. shame it's only for Pokemon. Yeah. Well, for now, um, we are working on something. I'm not really supposed to say much right now, but there is something coming in the works for humans as well. So, you know, just are keep your eyes. Are we getting a sneak peek? Are we uh, going to ask the Pokedex for scoop? Uh, I'm not supposed to say anything, but we may be having a human retreat opening up next fall, and there may be a couple tickets with a couple people's names on them left in a certain break room refrigerator. So, uh, wow. but we'll talk about that offline. Wow. Seven wow. months. Whew. Uh, we'll, wow. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay. So I do have one more question here from lever number one who asks, so I am a local diner owner in an area that contains many wild Pidgeotto. Uh, whenever we get a food delivery, I get attacked by swarms of these Pidgeotto. They are particularly fond of my sausage. I've got Pidgeotto biting my sausage, clawing at my sausage, ripping off my sausage, and flying away with it. How should I handle these meat stick hungry Pokemon? Great question. I mean, obviously a great question, right? I mean, if you've question. got a sausage that's just getting mauled by Pidgeotto... <laughs> You're not going to want to sit around and say, oh, what am I going to do about this? You, you want an answer. Obviously, you've yeah. come to the right place. You know, you know if Scooby-Doo can't resist sausage, you know, how, how do you expect a Pidgeotto to? You know, it's, it's impossible. So I will say that I think, you know, a delivery option is great. Maybe if your area is affected by Pidgeotto in this way. Um, I think there are two solutions. You know, the first solution obviously is a, get a brick and mortar, right? Like become, become a real shop where people can go to you. Uh, that way your food isn't exposed to Pidgeotto. Uh, that said, I think a secondary solution, of course, 
uh, would be to, I don't know, and, and maybe this is crazy, make twice as much sausage. That way, mm. you know, when the Pidgeotto takes one, you've got that second sausage to give to your clients. That's an interesting, I mean, to a certain extent, though, there may just be a limited amount of sausage. You can only give away so much sausage in a day. You know what I mean? And if you're giving it to a Pidgeotto or you're giving it to a customer who's willing to pay you for your sausage, uh, you know, you're only going to have so much sausage producing energy. Um, and, and so I think that I, while I see what you're saying, Mike, there may be other environmental factors that should be brought into account, right? If, if you're in a place overwhelmed with Pidgeotto, why is that? What is it about this area that sure. makes it so attractive? Is it the sausage? Can people just not resist your sausage? Maybe. Uh, but there might be other environmental factors as well. You know, I hadn't thought about the uh, the amount of effort that it must take to give people your sausage like that. Uh, I do, I do, I do feel for you, lever number one. Uh, you know, gosh, it must it must be really hard. Well, and to especially to just have it snatched away, right? To to right. have that sausage intercepted, so cruelly, yeah, so cruelly taken from you. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I yeah. it this isn't a world I I want to live in where sausages are under attack. Uh I think the sausages are very important, very fragile and should be treated as such. So, yeah, yeah. but again, these are wild pokemon. They're going to they're going to do what they're going to do and and you know, you have to be prepared. You have to be protect yourself from getting your sausage snatched. Mm. Uh, but also just to be uh, uh, cognizant and aware is not really enough. There has to be some way to protect your sausage. What about if on your free time, you made some sort of uh, protective device for your sausage against the Pidgeotto? You know, maybe, uh, maybe you spend some of that energy that you might've spent uh, beating beating back the pokemon from stealing your sausage uh maybe you spend some of that energy making a sort of uh like a sheath or a glove or a protection of some sort from the pidgeotto's claws that's a good you idea know? another possible idea just throwing this out there and it depends on your business obviously if you can stop serving whole sausage and maybe serve like a sauce with sausage in it just take the sausage somewhere and beat it like flatten it right out. And then sure. uh, there's nothing for the Pidgeotto to grab. Yeah. Just be careful. You don't want to choke it. Don't choke it though. That's, uh, I mean, you know, you, you need your sausage to breathe a bit. So you, you want to be careful before you get it choked. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. you don't want it to be uh, too tight. You know, you don't want it to be too tightly packed. You want it to, to still have that, that uh, satisfying snap and the, you know, the, at the end there you know I, I i would like to say um if 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 the sausage snatching or the sausage spanking or the sausage choking or you know I, I think you know what i what i mean here if that is out of hand we do offer a service for uh pidgeotos uh and and sausage situations where we can we can help you with this uh you know at this diner we will we do offer uh, uh, any wild Pidgeotto, any wild Pidgeotto has uh, 
an invitation to come to the retreat and earn through some mild labor their uh, ticket and their stay at the retreat where they can open their chakras. Oh, and you know, if they spend some time in the kitchen, maybe they'll get some sausage on their own without having to snatch it all the time. There you go. You see, it's, 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 it's a really wonderful place for them. So uh, let me, uh, while we'll wrap this up a little bit here, um, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about your uh, retreat, how people uh-huh. might be able to find you and, uh, and you know, uh, just a little bit more about, about your experience. Okay. Um, so like I said, we're located in Aspen, Colorado. It's a seven month retreat. Uh, we try to keep it full all year round, you know, so you have six groups going at once. They overlap a bit, but they, but you know, they don't really speak to each other. We try to keep them separated because you don't want to intermix the levels. And this all started, oh shoot. I was, I was young. We, like we said, around 2009. Uh, and we just, we saw that there was a need for, just really helping Pokemon and Pidgeotos in, in specifically, uh, we needed a place for them to be them where they can, you know, learn, learn important life lessons that's, that we all need and, and really come to a place where they, are, they can be just around others like them and have no other distractions and just concentrate on getting things done. I think that's important. Uh-huh. Uh, Guru Lopez, uh, yeah. the address of that uh, that retreat, that is uh, 91 Donkey Lane. Yes, correct? it is. Yes, it is. Yes. And that's, uh, are you still taking pre-orders for uh, the next wave of invitations at Twitter uh, slash Donkey Lane? Yes, that is it. Twitter slash Donkey Lane. Instagram is at Donkey Lane uh, there as well. We do take all, any invitations. We are, door is always open always open we're always looking for good pidgeotos here yeah so make sure you uh yeah you go into google throw in that that address is is the really the key way to find uh this retreat so that you can be a part of that 91 donkey lane uh it's that's that's where you want to be looking um so uh thank you so much guru lopez i feel like i learned so much and like the slit on my eye uh my third eye opened just the smallest amount I could feel it. it. I could feel the energy. Yeah, That's and I so honestly, it was this was so good. I feel famished. Like I'm just starving. So uh, you know, you know you we're do? gonna go. What? You're fasting right now. You're fasting at us. Congratulations. You're right. And you know what? I think I've done a great job. And I'm gonna call it on this fast. And then maybe tomorrow we'll try again. Uh, but I, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. We're gonna go grab a bite to eat. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us, uh, uh, Guru Lopez. It was incredible. It really was. It was very special, Guru Lopez. Uh, I would love to talk more about some of those high-powered Pokemon. Uh, I would love to have that conversation with you. Okay. I think we can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can. And I look forward to seeing you two at the retreat. Uh, it's, it's a really great time. And you're going to learn You're gonna learn how to, how to work hard, you know? And, and that's, that's the name of the game. And I want to thank my co-host, 
Mike, for being here tonight and for asking such thoughtful questions. And hopefully you took a little something away from this uh, to carry forward with you. That would be my my real dream for all of these conversations is that we all manage yep. to pull a little something out of this uh, mm-hmm. uh, to to push forward. And uh, for our piece, uh, you know, if you are a fan of Mike's and you want to uh, uh, support the work that Mike is doing in the field uh, with his uh, his bug catching, uh, then then you can head oh. over to uh, uh, Patreon.com slash Pokedexpert uh, mm-hmm. and you can support Mike. And if you would rather support the show that Mike is a part of, you can go to patreon.com slash Pokedexpert1 and you can support there. Uh, Someone can support anyone. Anyone can support there. So, uh, you know, take a look and uh, and that might be your avenue. Mm. And, you know, I just wanted to say again, thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, Without you, you know, uh, it wouldn't be possible. Uh, and so, you know, a big shout out to, uh, Mr. Cornfield and Mr. Captain, uh, and all of the other patrons over at, uh, patreon.com slash Pokedexpert. Uh, you're all very special to me. Uh, and it really means a lot for your continued support. Uh, send in, send in pictures of those costumes, those Halloween costumes that, uh, everybody is wearing because we all got the email from the network, uh, or we follow the network on social media and we saw the network's post about it. Or, you know, we're maybe we're close friends with the executives at the network and they said, hey, I can't wait to see your costume on the show tonight. I should probably open my email. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so, uh, oh, I'm gonna go do that too, right after I eat. So uh, thank you everyone for coming. Uh, this has been, uh, of course, another uh, exciting edition of the show. You can check us out on Twitter. You can check us out on Facebook. Uh, just search for at Pokedexpert and uh, have a wonderful evening to all of you out there. This has been another exciting event. Have a good one. Guru Lopez, it means so much. Oh, thank you. Namaste. Uh, namaste. Namaste. No, I, namaste. We really anybody. Give us any Pokemon. Serious business.